This episode of Tarot for the Wild Soul is brought to you by The Threshold. The Threshold is an online intuitive tarot journey taught by me that centers on the medicine of 2021, the Hierophant card, the fives, and your energetic year ahead. 2021 is a five-year Five is the number of the Hierophant, which is why we're exploring those extremely powerful and intense allies um, in this offering this year. The Threshold contains hours of pre-recorded audio downloads on the medicine of the year ahead and beautiful tarot spreads and exercises to support the audio material. We're also delighted to be offering sponsorship opportunities and tiered pricing for folks of all income levels to participate in this offering. Enrollment for The Threshold is open. And if you're seeking a supportive, anchoring, nurturing offering to um, guide you across the bridge from this year to next year to help you to um, root into some really supportive material for both um, the next few weeks and beyond, uh, I highly recommend it. So if you would like to learn more or to sign up, please visit lindsaymack.com slash threshold 2021 or click the link in the show notes. Hey there, loves. Welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. And as always, it is such a joy and an honor to be gathered with you in this virtual space. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you are surviving <laughs> this eclipse portal. Um, it's been strange. It's been a very strange one. Obviously, world events are um, heartbreaking and horrifying on every level. And examples of people stepping up, expressing their truth, helping one another are also beautifully present. So that's it's such a strange time leading up to this um, Saturn-Jupiter conjunction um, which is December 21st, a week after uh, we kind of close out of this eclipse portal. So it is just such a strange, it is such a strange time. And that is, um, we're going to be talking all about eclipses today. And that really is, um, that is so eclipse season, because what we're talking about with any eclipse portal is the span of time that occurs between either a, a solar or a lunar eclipse or a lunar or solar eclipse um, that happen about roughly two weeks, two and a half weeks apart from one another. We never have one without the other. And we move through eclipse season twice a year. And this particular one is happening in the um, oppositional signs of Gemini and Sagittarius. So there's so much in here about movement. You know, Gemini is ruled by the planet Mercury. Um, Saturn, or rather Sagittarius, is connected to Jupiter. There's a lot in here about clearing, bringing things to our attention, bringing things to the surface related to the way that we 
move and uh, communicate and express ourselves. Uh, there's a lot in here related to expansion, to blessings, to uh, this is a very funny time. Many people I know kind of have had a lot of um, some potentially great things and also some like real bummer things <laughs> like that have happened. Um, really, that's all of us, but um, kind of this strange back and forth. And it can be interesting too. I, I often feel like when there is a Gemini um, planet in the mix or, or if the moon is in Gemini for one of the eclipses, I kind of treat it a little bit like a Mercury retrograde because you know, retrogrades are a phenomenal time to turn inward, to really review. Um, and really, I think eclipses take us even deeper, um, which is powerful. So um, why talk about the eclipses when we're going to be released from the eclipse portal in just a few days? Um, well, one, because I think it's really useful to identify, even if we do have just a few days in something, to identify what's um, what's been coming up, like the medicine of this time, the why really of eclipse portals beyond the, you know, just astronomy, uh, you know, just the event of them happening, kind of just the deeper medicine of them. Like why, why have we been moving through this and what is important about this? in preparation for this conjunction in about, you know, a week and a half from now, um, a little bit less than that. So, um, as most of you know, we've been in what I call an eclipse portal from about November 30th. We'll be in it until December 14th, which I literally cannot believe we're in the middle of December. <laughs> it is shocking. I truly, I can't believe it. Um, and we, we started with the full moon lunar eclipse in Gemini on the 30th, and we're going to complete this portal and kind of walk across this threshold, um, with the new moon solar eclipse in Sagittarius. And then a week later we have the solstice and this really big Saturn Jupiter conjunction, which kicks off another kind of 200 year cycle. It's major, major, major. So, Obviously, most of you know this, but <laughs> um, a lunar eclipse occurs when the Earth passes between the moon and the sun, and the Earth's sh shadow obscures or um, blocks out uh, the moon or a portion of it, of course, the light of it. Um, and a solar eclipse occurs when the moon passes between the Earth and the sun, blocking all of the sun or a portion of the sun. So we have this kind of triangulation every time we move through eclipse energy between sun, the earth, and the moon. And with this and kind of exploring this theme, it can be really, really useful to look to and lean into the sun card, the moon card, and the high priestess for this kind of stretch of time. Um, I like to kind of move back and forth from the moon to the high priestess when I think about, um, eclipses, because I think that I feel both cards in eclipse season. I feel 
moon energy, even though the moon card is not ruled by the moon, the moon card is ruled by Pisces. I really feel the moon card and it's useful to me when I go through eclipse energy to kind of look to the moon card as, as an anchor to kind of remember, oh yes, of course I feel bananas. <laughs> like this is moon card energy because we're, we're working with the energy of, of the moon. Um, with high priestess, high priestess is ruled by the moon. And so I find it very useful with high priestess to remember that this is a time for me. It's not an inactive time. It's not necessarily a time where we just like lay back and do nothing in a passive way. This is a time when we are in a kind of a middle point between active and inactive um, evolutionary personal work. What I mean by that is that eclipses and eclipse portals are very, very unique because they bring the work to us. You know, we have free will on this planet and very often we're seeking. We're the ones that are kind of saying, okay, what am I what can I bring my attention to? How can I meet this? How can I go deeper? What can I do? And with regard to eclipses, that's there. And that's um, somewhat of the active piece, but the sort of receptive piece, it's a, probably a better word than inactive, is eclipses are unique because they bring the work to your door. They will bring the unexpected. They will drudge up the thing that you didn't even kind of remember, like was a part of you. There will be things that will come up in eclipse season that we don't have to be frightened of. They may not be pleasant or welcome, but they allow us to excavate. Eclipses present us with an opportunity for a massive, massive amount of growth, of clearing, of space making in a very short amount of time. So we really want to honor whenever we're in this sort of like two week period between eclipses, this sort of parentheses that we're sitting in a chair, you know, I mentioned this at the monthly medicine, kind of receiving a haircut and we really want to let those hairs, those parts of our hair get cut and allow what falls, what's ready to be kind of sheared off to do our work on that. So typically we're responding, and I mean, it's not like it's so different, but we're really responding to what this time is bringing up. And it's very unique for everybody. I mean, so far in the last couple of weeks, I've had some of the, uh, some extraordinary expansions, some really huge, big ideas for the future. Some, um, things that have come forward about like some of my pieces of my work that have been very, very exciting. I've had some actually good, like kind of expansive health news that I won't get into obviously. And it's not like news news. It's just like a, a, a couple of different things that came forward and really shifted my worldview about a part of my body. It really showed that some part of um, one of the systems in my body has been healing and really changing. And it, it offered me the opportunity to look at my story around that and to be like, oh, wow, I've identified 
this way for so long and now it's different. So that was extraordinary. I've also had, um, probably one of the most painful, like inner child wound ruptures in a really long time related to something that was so unexpected and really painful and, and pulled up a lot (laughs) under the surface. And I've had a lot of anxiety and a lot of false starts with certain things. And it's been, um, a wild time. It's just been like a really wild time. So there's been plenty to work with. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. It also has felt like I've been like trying to walk in a dream, walk in, walk in like the ocean where I just feel like I can't move quite fast enough. And that's a, that's a big hallmark of eclipse season. It's like so much is happening. So much is moving, but you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. It's a very strange time. Um, so what do we do with this time? Like why, why work with this time? So we look to these three cards of the tarot, the sun, the moon, and the high priestess, the sun and the moon card, I believe are really the harmony of any eclipse portal of any eclipse. And that particular harmony manages to weave a kind of a dissonant experience that is both very unique to eclipses and pretty transformative, which is everything gets revealed, things get illuminated, our eyes get opened, and simultaneously, we are never more aware of swimming in the unknown. So it's like we are hanging out in a big ocean at night in the void. And inside of that night, that void where really even like our own hand might not even be visible to us in front of our face, it it may feel like there's such a lack of clarity, such a lack of illumination within that things get illuminated. So it's a very particular kind of awareness, a very particular kind of excavation of revelation. Eclipses are very, very Plutonian, in my opinion. Now, they don't need to be in Scorpio, which is ruled by Pluto, to kind of possess that idea. Eclipses really fit uh, the rhythm and the, what is the word? I want to say the profile (laughs) of kind of Plutonian work. Like there's major, major excavation. Our eyes are opened to things. And yet we may not be able to take the typical kind of um, everyday steps that we normally do to resolve something, to bring a kind of an action to something. It's like we just sit in it. And things come up and we process and we work through them and they kind of come forward. But then the resolution or the kind of next step that we might expect in eclipse season in particular doesn't always come in quite the timeline that, you know, again, we're accustomed to. And we'll we'll talk a bit about more like of why that is and what parts of that happen from sun to moon. But I think the high priestess brings together a really potent element that draws us deeper in. And and this is also present in the moon. So when we go through this kind of unique 
dissonant high level of awareness, of realization, of illumination, of things just rising and popping up from the surface, when we have this opportunity to really rebirth in this way, in a way that is so unsexy, I mean, eclipse portals are not fun at all. They're, I don't, I mean, it's not a fun time period on this planet, but it is, they're really not joyful. I mean, joyful things can happen within them, but um, I find them to be uncomfortable, although I respect what they do. Um, What do we do in that? We can deepen our capacity to listen. We can deepen our capacity to just be. We can become more intimate with the cycles that we go through, that this of the cycles that we're invited into. And that is where we can kind of find an ally and an anchor for eclipse season in the high priestess. And really we can, we, we can work with any three of these cards as sort of anchors for this time. And we'll talk a little bit about why that is, but I like to talk about the moon and the high priestess because for some people, they don't really resonate with the moon card, um, as a kind of a symbol for this time. And for some people, they don't really, they're challenged by high priestess and understandably it's a challenging energy to wrap your mind around, um, for, for most of us actually, not just for some. So, we're talking about with with a lunar and a solar eclipse, a kind of, again, like a passing between, a shadowing, a, an obscuring, or we're talking about um, an illumination or a dimming of light, a dimming of either, um, you know, the... the uh, the shifting literally of, of the amount of light that is, uh, shown onto the moon or the way that we happen to see the sun, the way that the sunlight is obscured. It gets a very interesting phenomenon where sometimes we can see more clearly or where our vision is kind of, again, brought down and in and kind of symbolically, that's an opportunity for us to, to, to go deeper into ourselves. And that's really what this time is about, but it, yeah, it can feel really messy. It really can. So if you're feeling that way, you're not alone. So the sun card, incredibly, we've never done a sun card episode on this podcast. I think it's probably time. Um, I don't know how much time we'll spend on it today, but the sun card is very interesting because, um, just to be perfectly blunt, um, I think that most interpretations of this card miss the mark on it. And uh, it's not in any way to to um, disrespect the, the very rich and storied, um, like the, the sun card is typically depicted, spoken about as a kind of an energy of great joy and of, of a kind of an ecstatic rebirth of kind of us returning, um, reclaiming a part of ourselves. And, and, you know, it can be a really big, um, homecoming, a big reclamation, but it's typically rooted in the energy of joy. And I'm not here to say that that's wrong. 
you know, I'm, I'm not at all. I think that that's wonderful. And I think that it's possible. And I also think it's important. Joy is incredibly important. And I also think <laughs> that if somebody has a very strong anchor to this card that's rooted in that, I mean, who the fuck am I to say that that's not quote right? Um, but my brain tends to be wired to ask questions. And I know for a fact that if we're going to hinge or hook any tarot meaning on an emotion and on a feeling, it's like building a house on a foundation that's not like it's a little flimsy. Um, and I think it runs the risk of, of us feeling like, um, not seen and not acknowledged because you can be fucking miserable and pull the sun card and feel like I did something wrong because I don't feel joyful. You know, even the invitation, like joy is there for you is sometimes triggering. So I like to, you know, again, I like to think about it a little differently. So with all cards, of course, it can be a card of great joy. But if we think about it and we go a little further and we apply some critical thinking to it, we know that that cannot be the case. We know that that's not what the sun does as a definition, because then everybody would feel joyful upon pulling this card <laughs> and they don't. So we know right there that we have to go a little deeper and investigate a little further. So here's what we know about the sun card. We know that it is ruled by the sun and we know that the sun is the ruling um, kind of energy of Leo. And we know that Leo is about many things. Um, but one major, major part of Leo energy is this beautiful exchange of seeing others and welcoming, um, opening to being seen by other people. This exchange, this relationship of loving, of honoring, of seeing the light, the beauty, the joy, the delight in others, and being available to being seen, wanting to be seen by other people or by our loved ones or wanting to be seen by our lover or by our friends. And that can have a huge range. Sometimes we can want to be understood Sometimes we can want to be seen for our beauty, however that's expressed. Sometimes we can really want to be seen for our talents or our gifts or um, the way we hold space. And, and sometimes we really, really don't want to be seen. So Leo, it, again, is about so much, but it has to do as this question, what are you shining your light on? This is fixed fire, major. So the intensity of the gaze, of the energy of Leo is enough to literally make things grow. If it's too much, it can burn, right? So our relationship with the sun is very much the same way, very much this card. So, and, and it says a lot about this card, 
where it is in relationship to the other one. So if we're following kind of the third line of the majors, and we don't have to, by the way, I always want to encourage people to think outside of the box. So it's always possible to um, negotiate a relationship with the sun card through a major arcana ordering that makes sense to you. It doesn't need to be in quote order of the majors. Um, you really can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, but if we explore it from that paradigm, line three of the major arcana is the devil and then the tower and then the star and then the moon and then the sun. So it is quite the journey from devil to moon, where we are really walking a big path of expansion, of evolution, of evolving and growing through discomfort, of realization, of healing. And then with the moon of not knowing and letting go of the last little pieces of needing to know, this is a long time. And then line two is really completely letting go of needing to know. So Line one of the majors is really about our powers as people. And line two, uh, you know, the the ego in the best possible way and our knowing presenting us with this opportunity, you know, to play with various different identities and ways of utilizing our our abilities and our our gifts in the world. Like Line one is amazing. And then line two kind of takes us from caterpillar to cocoon and we kind of lose sight of what we thought we knew. And in line three, we're really rebuilding that. So the sun is really the first time that light dawns and we can see. We're able to see things in the sun card that we did not before. It is a card I think most predominantly of answers and of illumination. There is clarity, whether we like it or not. <laughs> you know, the sun card is not always a pleasant energy. I think that we can struggle in any card. I think that we can have joy in any card. I think that we can enjoy the experience or not enjoy the experience in any card that we pull. I think that permission that freedom, that trust in oneself to trust however our experience is with the tarot and whatever card we're, we're choosing or working with is really important. So this is a really strong eclipse energy. There's an enormous amount of illumination in eclipse medicine, huge. And that is a part of our work with the sun is answers that come after a long time of not knowing. Now, an example in sun energy as it relates to the eclipse, you may have an awareness in this eclipse season that, whoa, my child wounding is like the, the aspects of my of the wounds that I have moved through as a child are ready to be acknowledged, seen, maybe even reparented, reprocessed. Um, and I'm realizing that because I have never looked at this, it's made me think I can't trust, um, other people. I can't trust that they like me. Um, I've never wanted to do this with my work or my business or my social life because, 
I've just thought like that was me, but really I'm realizing that's, it's because my inner child is not sure that there is trust there. That's a big fucking illumination. And from there in sun energy, we can direct again, fixed fire, our focus and our purpose, our attention and our love on rebirthing that part of us. Our eyes become open to this peace. In eclipse energy, we may realize, wow, I don't have feelings for this person. Wow, I, I'm realizing I never want to do this again. <laughs> we could realize like, whoa, I have a story inside of me that I can't trust myself. That's a big realization. It doesn't mean that it's correct, but it means that there's such value in that realization. So I invite you to consider this. What has been coming up for you? It doesn't matter whether or not it's true. If it's here, it, it's worthy um, of not necessarily the full spectrum of our attention, but it can be worthy of just simply saying, okay, I'm acknowledging you. I see you over there. Not every thought is worthy of like having tea with, right? But what's been coming up for you? What have, what have you been realizing? What have you been coming to? What has been illuminated for you? You may not have even realized it. You may not have even realized it. The, the blending of eclipse energies of sun, moon, and high priestess is such that it's almost like we're able to shine the light of the sun onto the bottom of the ocean. So what's been coming up there? Again, I know for me, there has been a lot of kind of swirly feelings and um, not really being sure what it is that I'm seeing, you know, because of the, the addition of that moon energy as very moon. Um, but for sure, there has been a big illumination of kind of the bottom of the sea of certain parts of my life where I've just really been able to just be like, wow, I, I'm seeing that and thank you or no, thank you, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's, you know, again, sun energy is really, really important because there is a natural progression that moves us from sun to judgment where our eyes really start to get open about the illusions and delusions that have happened on all levels, on the systems that we're involved with, on the um, collective parts of our being, on ancestral pieces, where we really go, like, we take this idea and we go deeper. And there's really an awakening that happens in judgment where the blindfold completely comes off. And from there, we're sort of free in the world card to move to the next level of our lives. But it's the sun card and the, the, the judgment um, are unique in that they take us through these really, really big lessons, but our eyes are so open to it. There's no way to hide from it. So it's a very, very important energy. And it is a kind of a rebirth because now that we know we can do better, now that we know we can take different steps. So there's a very, very strong, um, it has to do with us seeing ourselves, us honoring and witnessing and saying, whoa, this is here. I'm going to, how can I bow to this? How can I be with it? 
letting others see us, even when it's hard, you know, in our vulnerability or in, you know, whatever it is. How does the moon play into this? So with the moon card, um, it is ruled by Pisces, but Pisces fits with eclipse energy. It's mutable water. Like there's a lot in that energy that's eclipse adjacent, (laughs) you know, um, the moon is a unique experience. It comes before the sun in the order of the, of the major arcana. Um, the moon is an experience where we are asked to rest and be in the unknown. It is a time where we will not have answers. Things will not be clear. We, we actively will not know (laughs) as much as we hate it. We will not know. And there's medicine to this. It's not just to give us a hard time. It's to teach us that we never know. But we never know. We think we know, but we don't. We are truly, really spiraling in a void right now. We don't know. The only thing that we know um, is presence. That's it. It's just this moment. Whatever is here right? So the moon card actually arises for us and can provide a number of different wonderful ways to work with so many different things. Um, It's an opportunity for us to practice what it is to just rest, to just be, rather than trying to flail around. It's a reminder that there are times where things are really, really moon heavy in terms of the card, where the water is very swirly, where we really don't know, where the night is very, very dark. Um, and there's nothing wrong with dark nights. Dark nights are absolutely beautiful. Um, it's an opportunity for us rather than trying to find our way out of that to kind of float on our back and look up at the sky. You know, what would happen if we stopped fighting that, if we rested in it, if we let ourselves sink um, into the depths of our own being, what treasures would we find there? So it's really a chance for us to befriend a particular time in our lives, the moon card, where we just don't have answers, where we may be treated or where we may have a lot of projection, a lot of echoes of the past. It's very normal, even with um, the brain only has, uh, you know, my teacher always puts it this way, that the brain kind of has very, very, very few folders in the filing cabinet for certain experiences. So it's pretty normal for the mind to take something that has nothing to do with one thing and stick it in the file with other stuff, which is why we can have kind of associations that are very, very broad. It's also why we tend to lump excitement and anxiety together because we don't really know what to do with excitement. It's a very close cousin to anxiety. So it's very normal if we've had some horrible or very intense experiences with quote, not knowing Um, it's normal for the mind to, again, project all kinds of things into this void space because it doesn't have anything. The mind doesn't have anything to cling on to in this card, which is why it can be really uncomfortable. It really is a very advanced energy. Um, 
to work with. So that to me is totally eclipse season. Like all of that stuff is all eclipse to me, not knowing, having the opportunity to kind of turn off the eyes we see the regular world world with and go within, having the opportunity to go deeper, it is Pisces after all, into our emotions, into our caretaking, having there be these kind of illusions like these stories, these associations come up. Um, it has been a very, very intense eclipse season for this kind of thing, for a lot of echoes and waves and confusions to arise for a great many people. And it's very loud on the channel right now. Um, it's really easy to think like, oh my God, that's me, when really it's it's a lot of folks who are just very, very scared and in their own version of moon energy. And so they're bouncing to anything they can to try to get out of that void. What we learn in moon, what the moon really wants us to learn with it is how to just be with it, how to be with that discomfort, how to be with that not knowing, how to be with the scrambling that can come up in us that I want to get the fuck out of this. That's very normal to track and observe the mind as it says, Ooh, you could go here. Oh my God, this is going to happen. Or, Oh my God, that's going to happen. Oh no. What could that thing be? Like it, it's very often it can take us into those places when we're willing to honor. This is just the way of the mind. The mind thinks the mind wants to protect the mind wants familiarity. It hates what it doesn't know. It will do anything to try to move me out of these voids. And I can just really honor that it's going to try to do that. And I don't need to go on the ride with it. There's a very strong tethering that can happen with that, where the minds will start to do something and we'll think like, oh my God, there must be significance to it. Very often there isn't. The mind is just kind of doing what it's doing. It's not always a path for us to follow, if that makes sense. So how does this, you know, again, to me, this is full-on eclipse. What we can start to glean if we lean into moon card is all of these things start to come up from the surface. We see this in the Smith Rider Wait the crayfish coming up from the surface, literally being kind of conjured up by the intensity of this moon that is right at the surface. The two animals, you know, baying at the moon, one of which is kind of looking at the moon, one of which is kind of going crazy. And that's what happens in the duality of, of us too. Like there are some parts of us that go, holy shit, this is a really intense experience. And other parts of us, typically the mind, the ego, you know, the the more fragile parts of ourselves that get so scared will go, I don't know what this is. I got to get out of here. So there is this um, really amazing, again, dissonance that happens even within this card. But if we can allow it, it can bring so many things up to the surface to be honored. And really, this card and the sun card work so beautifully together because when these things kind of draw up from the surface, when there's an ability for us to go 
down into those waves and pull those things up to allow them to come up in us, there can actually be acknowledgement. There can actually be processing. There can actually be completion. There can be a stronger, more bonded, more intimate connection with the self that can occur. There can actually be or start to be more intimacy, familiarity, and even kinship with the unknown, you know? So there's a lot that can happen there. But when these two cards work together in eclipse time, it really, again, is like bringing the light of the sun down to the bottom of the ocean floor. And it lights up places in us and around us that are not typically exposed to light, are not typically exposed to our eyes. So what do we do with those things? We can start to, again, bring compassion to them, clarity to them. We can be aware, holy shit, this is living in me. This is still unfolding in me. This is still taking up space. This still has a much bigger reach in the way that I keep company, in the way that I make decisions than I ever would have thought before. And from there, we don't necessarily have to do anything with it. We can just be with it. We can observe it. We can acknowledge it. We can just see what happens. The more we look at it, the more clarity can come our way, and the more we can really begin to have a full process of rebirth around this energy. I mean, we're both not doing, and by not doing, allowing the complete process of release or refreshing or rebirthing to really happen. Very often when we discover something in ourselves that feels kind of uncomfortable or intense, we can want to bring all the action to it. And sometimes it's totally appropriate. Other times it's really kind of gets in the way of the natural process of things. So we really want to let these things bubble up and bow to them, acknowledge them, and know that they're bubbling up because they're ready to go. How can we support that process? And this is where I really think it's so amazing to weave in High Priestess. So for some folks, High Priestess actually is the card to look to because it's ruled by the moon and total respect to that. Um, I don't think anyone's wrong. I just think it's interesting to look at both um, because really there's a place for both. You know, Pisces is ruled by the moon. Like there, there's a lot of connection there. High Priestess is an invitation for us to, to drop into our inner self, become quiet and listen it, it this card is so tricky because it's become high priestess kind of the symbol of the intuitive the psychic the seer and there's nothing wrong with that i think that's beautiful um and um it potentially accurate for many folks um what this card actually brings can can be pretty confronting because it actually just says, can you just be like, can you literally just sit and can you just be like, can you be without needing to know everything 
without having a concrete answer for your question, can you just be in your channel, listening, open, allowing whatever is in your highest and best to come through? We're not used to that. Many of us have a lot of stuff around intuition and quote unquote listening, this kind of deeper inner presence that we're called upon to engage with in high priestess. Um, it really asks us to sit and to be with ourselves as we are, not as we wish it to be. High priestess is ruled by the moon. The moon is different every day, not even just every couple of days. It's a little different every day. It moves in spirals and in layers. It, um, it, it is connected to cycling. It, it is in so many ways, again, the, the lunar rhythm in conjunction with the solar rhythms of life that are very, very linear, um, you know, very, very circular. And this one is very spiralic. It's always different. We are spiralic beings. We're never the same. There are some days when we sit down to do our high priestess time and we're achy. We're impatient, we're uncomfortable, we're itchy, we don't want to be there. And some other days we just sink right in and hang out. There are other days when it's it's really challenging for other reasons. So when we are connected to high priestess, it's a reminder you have access to all of the wisdom in the universe. You are of and from this. There is no separation, right? You don't need a gatekeeper. You can just be. The key is, though, to not expect it to be a linear experience, to not expect it to be this kind of static pushing of a button. I tune in or I listen and I'm going to get an answer. I'm going to hear this. I'm going to know. And it really just is like, can we just be with whatever wants to arise, to be with the wisdom that lives within us. And I think that this is such a wonderful anchor for eclipse season, because if we're trying to know, if we're trying to do something about all that's getting illuminated and everything that's being kind of shrouded, <laughs> because really the sun card illuminates, the moon card obscures, and that kind of, again, duality, that kind of interconnectedness, that kind of dissonant weaving is everything that uh, eclipse season is all about. And hanging out in it is a really powerful experience just to kind of feel those notes on the piano move through us. But I think High Priestess can come in and be that kind of note that allows that dissonance to turn into harmony because it asks, can you use this time to just practice being? You know, it's not fun, but it is really important work. You know, every single person that I've ever talked to, when they ask about how to expand intuition, I mean, really, it's like, just hang out and listen. That's the best advice because whatever comes up in those spaces of deep listening, like I'm not doing it right. I'm impatient. I'm not hearing anything. That's a part of the work. That is a, you know, work, quote unquote, but that's a part of the medicine, actually. Um, 
sometimes that's the part of us that needs to really be honored in those high priestess spaces. Like, whoa, there's a belief here that I'm not doing this correctly, right? So I think high priestess brings such beautiful eclipse medicine because it draws us deeper and closer to ourselves and actually invites us to open up and listen at a deeper level, to just be, to be highly, highly present with whatever arises. High Priestess says, you know, I think the wisdom is in every moment and the wisdom lives right here. You know, can we really be with that? And, you know, not that long ago, I was at the beach in Oregon and it was a couple months ago and I like, Oregon has such wonderful beaches that you can go and not really like even be around a living person (laughs) because, um, no one really wants to go to the beach when the weather gets cold, but I do. Um, and in the very few times that I've left the house since March, um, we went and I was, you know, it sounds cheesy, but walking near the water and just, talking to my guides and hanging out with the waves and just grateful to be there, grateful to be out of the house. And it made me think of high priestess because I just thought, you know, damn, like why, why do I, why do we put on ourselves that we should be the same, especially when it comes to our spiritual practice? Like, oh, I went so deep into my intuitive listening last week and now I can't hear anything and it's like the ocean is is such a strong mirror for the moon it's always different it's different the tides are different multiple times a day why do we expect ourselves to be linear when nothing around us reflects that so high priestess is really the teacher for spiralic intuitive receptive listening for being. And we're able, I think, to expand that in a very real way in eclipse season. Um, It may not even be something that's on your radar right now, but it can be really powerful to, to connect with high priestess to do, maybe create a little reading for yourself around the energies and just say, hey, like what's, how can I you know, deepen my capacity for being like what wants, what wants my attention right now? What is a message from this card? You know, that can be really powerful. Eclipse season is really intense. And this particular one is really preparing the way for the Saturn, Jupiter, Jupiter, Saturn conjunction on December 21st. Um, there's a lot that needs to come up in us. Um, a lot that needs to be, that is getting shifted, getting clicked into place, that is clarifying. There's a lot of points of choice that are coming up for a lot of us right now. And um, it's really uh, quite intense and quite powerful and we can do it, you know? So it's a really potent place to start with this idea to just lean into these cards, lean into these three cards and ask yourself, like, what do they mean to me? 
Like, how do I feel about the sun? How do I feel about the moon? What does it, what does it mean to me? When I, when I pull it, have I been just projecting onto these cards or have I really been listening to them, asking them what they say about, um, about what their invitation is bringing. And, you know, eclipse season quote unquote ends on December 14th, but I really believe that we're in an energy about a week, you know, especially with eclipses, you know, uh, certain planets take a really long time to move through the shadow period. Once they're retrograde, they'll move into their shadow and that can take a while depending on the planet, it take a couple weeks. And even when we go through a full moon, it can be a couple of days, you know, for some of us, a little bit of time before we can kind of recenter. We're, you know, ocean water, you know, as human beings, like we feel these things. So as the portal begins to close, you know, it's just a couple of days, the energy is going to get more and more intense and it can be, again, really powerful to utilize these cards as anchors to go deeper or to even just be with what's been coming up for you. To know that you're not alone, to know that these are really, really big invitations that we're all moving through in our own particular kinds of ways. Um, and to know that that doesn't necessarily end at... December 14th, when the eclipse portal kind of closes. So it's going to be with us for a little while. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. This is just, just a little bit <laughs> supportive eclipse medicine, I hope. Um, thank you so much for being here. Truly. Um, well, you heard at the top threshold is available for purchase um, it's going to be really powerful, this one. Um, if you are interested, I highly recommend you take the leap, go for it. Um, there's also um, quite a few changes happening um, with my work, with my website, and those are really exciting changes. And I imagine I'll have more to say about that in the next month or so maybe a little longer, but, um, yeah, lots and lots and lots of big expansive changes. <laughs> they're uncomfortable, but they're great. Um, God, I can't think of anything else, but, um, yeah, just love you all. I'm wishing you a really uh, hoping that this finds you as nurtured and supportive supported and loved up as humanly possible in these very uncomfortable, very messy times on multiple levels, you know, multiple levels. So, um, if you're interested in learning more, purchasing the threshold, you can go to the link in the show notes. The transcript for this episode will be available in a few days. Thank you for your patience. It's been a wild time of creation behind the scenes. And, um, when that happens, the podcast typically gets delayed. So there isn't quite enough time to keep up with the transcripts, but hopefully we'll be able to, it'll be up in a few days, but hopefully we'll be able to start getting them up in real time. 
Um, maybe not. Who knows? Um, <laughs> really, who knows anything anymore? Just thank you so much for being here, Wild Souls. Again, I love you and be well. And until we meet again, please take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.